He's Christian. He's Jimmer. That's the new one. Welcome back to Two Physical Therapists and a Bag of Chips. Hope you're all uh, still recovering from your Thanksgiving meal. Hopefully you're not. You're not? You should be recovered? It's been like 10 days. Yes, so? Should be okay. That's a lot of food. It is a lot of food. We're going to do the Feast and Fury Creamy Horseradish. From but Austin, first, Texas. That's that's a good uh, company. Yeah, they, they've been pretty good last time. They smell like uh, sour cream and onion. Oh, here we go again. Yeah, I wouldn't. Eh, they shouldn't. Nah. But first, we're going to talk about the rotator cuff tear. He's the pasta version, which is an insertional tear. The full name is Partial Articular Supraspinatus Tendon Avulsion. So nice. pasta, I like pasta. Pasta's a lot easier. Yeah. Pasta's a lot easier. It's also a good nickname in hockey. It is a good this nickname. This should be our next trivia question. I bet TJ gets that. I would hope TJ gets that. Yeah. yeah. Spoiler alert, TJ didn't get this week's. No. no. He no. even put a question mark behind his, uh, his answer. Convinced. was not convinced. No. Nope. Uh, anyway, these are all partial thickness rotator cuff tears, officially. They account for something in the neighborhood of 17 to 37% of the population at any time. And 80% for people aged 80 and over. Boo. So, very common. Pasta is a much more common tear than actually a bursal-sided or intratendinous partial tear. So, these are the most common supraspinatus and, in that case, rotator cuff tears you will see. Good to know. Well, that was quick. Don't get referred to as the pasta tear very often. Uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of 90% of all partial thickness tears are pasta tears. Wow. So. It's as, a, as opposed to like interstitial tendon tears mm-hmm. or, huh. or bursal sided tears, which are much less common. Right. So s- the commonality among most of them, they're overhead athletes, they're young people, and it's actually a lot more common in smokers. Yeah. Well, any injury is more common in smokers, but I think that has nothing to do with being an overhead athlete or... Or a young person. Using your shoulder, yeah. yeah. It's just um, having poor tissue quality. Uh, symptoms, shoulder pain, loss of motion and strength. The rotator cuff tear... God, I'm having a hard time with that word today. That's a good one. The rotator cuff tear can exist and be asymptomatic. So this goes back to our old statement that if you want to do surgery, just take an MRI. You're going to find a lot <laughs> of stuff wrong with people. I like that. Oh. Yeah. I have, so, I've never heard it put that way, but that's brilliant. There's a, there's a doctor out there, Howard Lax. He does some interesting stuff. That's his quote. So, if you want to do surgery, do just, an MRI. Just take, just take an MRI. I love it. Yeah. And uh, this was based on a study they recently did with college volleyball players. So these are all basically 18 to 22-year-old men and women. They did MRIs of asymptomatic shoulders and found that upwards of 40% of them had partial to complete rotator cuff tears. Another 20% had labrum involvement, and another 3% had osteoarthritis, and they were all asymptomatic. <laughs> so, uh, and actually the big finding was over 80% of them had some sort of tendinosis or tendinopathy. So, basically asymptomatic individuals with horrific findings on MRI, surgically important findings on MRI, performing at incredibly high level asymptomatically. Yeah. So. So. Yeah, no, we're not going to talk about it. Not always. I'm not going to bring it up. We'll do that some other time again. Not always necessary to pursue surgery, even in the presence of... Massive lesions, right? Yeah. Or or, 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 findings. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, the hard part with the pasta tear is that it does have a tendency to increase as time passes. That's the verbiage from the article, which is basically the more you use it, the more likely it is to get bigger, unfortunately. So a small tear in your 20s may result in a large tear in your 80s, and that could be symptomatic or not. Who knows? The anatomy with this, in theory, is, is that they, they think it's more common distally because the vascularization to that part of the of the, of the tissue is not as good. So there's a much higher potential for that trauma not to be repaired. And so it basically just builds on itself over a period of time, particularly in those individuals, those overhead athlete individuals who are kind of stressing that area more than some others. Uh, they also believe that there's a thinner collagen proportion there and it's less organized collagen. So it's, it's a little bit easier for it to get injured because it's not as sturdily developed. There's some, um, there's some interesting articles in this class. I just took an online class about surgical healing and, uh, and, and, um, and collagen development in relation to, because that's basically what the whole premise of, of stem cell injections is, right? Mm -hmm. Is to trigger the right kind of blast or mast cell production. That's um, just a little side note there. But yeah, that, that would, that could indicate why, even if the body does repair it, it stays chronically irritated or re-tears. Yeah, very important. I mean, just general to any kind of tendon injury. Yeah. Not yeah. specific to the, the rotator cuff or that pasta version of the nope. rotator cuff. No, I guess the rotator cuff is the most common one, right? Just yeah. And again, what you said earlier with overhead athletes, you know, there's so much more strain on the shoulder. It's such a beautifully designed joint but it, it undergoes a tremendous amount of stress uh, and therefore breakdown. Yep. Uh, grading. Grading is not specific to pasta. It's more just to the rotator cuff tear in general. A grade one is a smaller than three millimeter tear. A grade two is three to six millimeters. A grade three is at least 50% of the cuff tendon thickness or six millimeters or more. I wonder who got his PhD on that study. Elman. Oh. Yeah. Way to, way to go, Mr. Elman. Yeah, that was, that was him. Physical therapy is recommended early in almost every case. Uh, even in complete cuff tears, physical therapy is recommended. Pain control, range of motion, strength. If the results of non-surgical treatment are unsatisfactory, surgery can be performed. So the, the, the PT portion, a lot of times it's more important to look at someone's mechanics and see if you can improve that than to just try to do absolute strengthening and, str and try to you know, strengthen the daylight out of the cuff. Because um, you can alleviate a lot of these symptoms by improving mechanics without directly affecting pure strength, which is probably why some of these people are asymptomatic and performing at such high level despite the fact that they may only have 75% supraspinatus available or you know, however those millimeters go. But it would make more sense to work on mechanics, decrease the load, the intraarticular load on that tendon, and decrease the inflammation that way. Um, and that would make physical therapy um, more effective. So don't just give them tons of lateral rotation resisted exercises, but work on some scapular stability or yeah. what have you. Lots of periscapular stuff. I mean, typical tendency is that you'll see difficulty with like mid-trap and low-trap in overhead athletes or a lot of thoracic rigidity to try to find stability because the strength isn't there in those periscapular yep. muscles. As well, so, 
I, I found over the years more and more poor lat, um, yeah. eccentric lat control, which, which will definitely create more downforce in the arm. And yeah. So we're going to say anterior plays a role. So yep, we could do a whole week's worth of we could. podcasts on that. We might. I'm going to get bored. Maybe. Maybe. But the pasta. There you have it. Most yep. common. Doesn't get talked about much. But really, when you think of a rotator cuff tear, in most cases, you're talking about a pasta. There you have it. Yeah. Trivia time. Who? I already forgot last week's trivia. What is the most abundant metal oh, on Earth? that's right. Yeah. I, I thought it was bronze. Bronze. Like, oh, I thought you said metal. Not oh, me- yeah, metal. Not metal, but metal. Metal. I think there's more bronze metals than gold medals. Would you go like Iron Maiden? Oh, that's a good one, too. Now I'd go Nightwish, right? Oh, Duh. Yeah, you would, yeah. The most popular metal would be Nightwish. Everybody knows that. Stacy went with 80s metal. Uh, yeah, no, they're late 90s metal, so Stacy would be wrong. Oh, wow. Jeez. Unless Stacy yeah. is like a... Maybe Stacy liked to listen to Saxon Maybe. in her days. That's a good question. The correct answer is aluminum. Uh, aluminium. About 8% of Earth's crust is aluminum, making it the most abundant metal on this planet. However, it is often found combined with various other elements, never by itself in a pure state. Two oh. of the most frequently encountered aluminum components are alum and aluminium oxide. I've heard of aluminium oxide. I've also heard of aluminium foil. Yeah. It's quite abundant. Tin foil, not made of tin. No. Tin cans, also not made of tin. <laughs> well, they used to be. Back and they in the realized day. aluminium was much more prevalent. <laughs> well, and killed less people than tin did. And cheaper. But we got a lot of guesses this week. Unfortunately, nobody guessed. Whoa. So, nickel oh, guessed nice. nickel. Classic yeah. nickel. Classic. Well done, nickel. I think nickel is not a. Uh, is, is, is it an alloy or is it it's a. It's an alloy. Yeah. Yeah. But. Totally worth it. I see where he did. I see what he did there. Yeah, no, I see what you did, Nickel. Yes. see what you did. Yeah. Adam guessed sodium. TJ went with silicone. Sodium, also not a metal. Silicon, also not a metal. Mike, Mark, and Tony went with iron. That's That was my first guess. Things out of the core is like iron ore, but apparently. Yeah, maybe. I guess aluminum is more. Apparently, aluminum is more prevalent. But I I went with with Stacy's with 80s metal. I do like the 80s metal. Uh, Iron Maiden, early Metallica. Mm-hmm. Um, are we going to call Kiss metal? Probably not. It's more do, hard do rock. Do you go Megadeth in there? You'd go Megadeth, yeah. Slayer. Slayer. Um, Saxon, like I said. Saxon is not P. as... Pantera. Pantera. Pantera, yeah. Uh, Pantera was late 80s, early 90s. Hmm. Um, yeah, and then people will throw ACDC and Van Halen and all those non-metal bands in there. Do you, do you consider them rock and roll? Yeah, hard rock. Oh no, Thunderstruck's pretty good. That oh, intro, great songs. Do you yeah, go Ozzy Osbourne for metal? No, no. I don't go Ozzy Osbourne for anything. No, not even Black Sabbath. Not even Black. Sabbath. No, I'm not a Black Sabbath fan. Oh boy, I'd probably go Deep Purple before I go Black Sabbath. Deep Purple. Kiss, Which is, Kiss, I mean, Kiss isn't metal. No, really. Deep Purple isn't metal. Either. The, the difference with Kiss is that they were a classic four chord band, right? That was all they did. Was yeah. The plot of power. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, there was that theirs was more of a theater show. Oh, for sure. Theatric hard Dude, pyrotechnics rock. out of this world. Yeah. You go to a Kiss show if you get invited. You just no, go. this is blood spitting and, and Gene Simmons with his fire. Fire breathing bass. Breathing, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, just, yeah. it's good so, stuff. No, it was good stuff, yeah. They're, musically, they're really not that talented. Yeah, but Love Gun is great. 
you can you can make great songs that are very catchy oh, sure. that are not really hard. Yeah. Um, Blue Oyster Cult. No, that's almost more punk. Is it your own punk? Okay. Yeah. All right. We well, can do that. We should do a whole uh, show about that. Just. <laughs> <laughs> all right. This week's question: What is the best-selling board game of all time? This is a good one too. I'm sure everyone has been playing some board games here during the quarantine period. You think it's called board games because you do them when you're bored? I think you do it because you play them on a board. Okay, so it's not because you're bored. Well, if you're playing the game, you shouldn't be that bored. No, but you played the game because you were bored. You needed something to do, oh, so I you see grabbed the, the board game. The impetus for playing was boredom. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's possible. Hmm. Chip time! Feast and Fury, they were the ones who send us, um, well, I think you sent it to us, right? The habanero hickory barbecue, hickory barbecue one. Yep. We yep. were super impressed by that one. Let's They're from it. Austin, Texas. 40% chip to air ratio on this thing. Yeah, I mean, that way it travels better, I guess. Good looking chip as always. I'm taking the foldy to start here. Do it. These are not kettles. I think they're cut They gotta be. They're medium on the on the Fury scale. They're not, they're not particularly hot. You get a little bit of that horseradish kind yeah. of back of the nose thing. Um, I am getting that but nothing crazy. sour cream and onion thing again. I mean, good chip thickness. Maybe some potato skin on the edges here. There's some, there's some heat right up, um, right from the get-go. Yeah, you get the horseradish. But it doesn't linger. And then it goes away. I mean, classic um, horseradish, really. I love the, I love the heat. I love the crunch. I do not <laughs> like the, this should not be with like, why do they put like vinegar and onion powder? Great way to ruin a chip. There's just this lingering sour cream and onion thing. Sour cream, I'm not. I mean, hmm. horseradish has like a creaminess to it, I guess, just in general. But I don't get like sour yeah. creamy to it. Quite Maybe much. I'm just biased. Oh, this is torturous because. Good. The initial crunch and heat is really, really good. And then, but the lingering flavor for me is like the onion vinegary, maybe. Maybe it's more vinegar than sour cream. I get a little vinegar. I can see where that's coming from. Hmm. Yep. Ah, oh, that's a bummer. I'm, 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 I'm gonna going go two one, thumbs I'm up. I'm going to go one thumb. One thumb. I do love the horseradish in this, though. This is really... Horseradish, very good. You can maybe feel it they, in the nose a little bit. Yeah. Yep. Maybe they have a, um, I like how they have the Fury scale. I see what that is. Oh. What, do you remember, was the, was the uh, habanero, was it super hot or hot? I think, I think it was just hot. But so they're super hot and ferocious, so we need to go find some more of their chips. We'll see what they got. Or, if you work for Feast and Fury, um, and you want to sponsor a fantastic podcast in Denver, Colorado, uh-huh. um, with lots of chip followers, send us a couple of your bags. Feastandfury.com. Hint, wink, hint. wink, wink, wink. Yep. <laughs> Excellent. Um, that's too bad. Maybe you can do something with horseradish and um, uh, not soy horseradish. <laughs> yeah, or shrimp. I'm throwing some shrimp. 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 <laughs> that's Christian's mom. Yep. Uh, shout out to Annika. 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 Like That's why, but I'm from Hardenberg, so I swallow the H. Oh, yeah. So, Hardenberg, Annika. <laughs> uh, funny. Well, thank you for listening today. Next week, we're going to go over capsular corner injuries of the knee. We are going to review 
Sabritas Recita Cruginete. I don't know how to say it. Chili's Rojos from Kim. Oh, yes. Kim. Thank you, Kim. As, as soon as the borders opened up, Kim was gone. In Mexico. She spent Thanksgiving in Mexico doing some diving. Fantastic pictures, Kim. Really nice. Very yeah. jealous. But, uh, yeah, can't wait to try that one out. Uh, if you like today's episode, please give us a follow, review, subscribe, tell your friends, all that sort of fun stuff. We will be posting things on Instagram and Twitter this week, so check us out there. And if you want more information on rebound therapy, go to the website, reboundclinic.com. He's Jim, I'm Christian. Thanks for listening.